we shared this nice little hug. She goes, no, 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 there's something more. You changed my life. I'm sorry, what? Mark, you changed my life. Five words. Five words just like that. To get me to realize what my advisor had been trying to teach me all along. That when you want to change the world, your community, your peers, and ultimately yourself, you have to be willing to challenge your status quo. This is episode number three of Keep Me Inspired podcast show with Mark Perez. Hello everyone, today I am so happy to have with me Mark Perez. Better happens daily. Mark Perez believes in this quote so strongly. His vision to create a better life for people so that united we create a better world. Mark Perez is a talented and insightful speaker. His message resonated with many students and inspired them to think about their legacy within their school and community. I am excited to see how his message continues to resonate with audience of my podcast. I also want to mention that Mark did a TEDx talk, spoken to over 5000 plus people. He is also titled as Certified World Class Speech Coach. He speaks regularly to many audiences. He also been to Toastmaster International, Microsoft, Facebook, ServiceCon. And I think by now you might have got some of what he is and let's listen from the legend itself. So grab your headphones and stay tuned. During the recording of this podcast there have been some technical issues. Do forgive me for that. I will make sure in this podcast throughout you will listen Mark Perez all the important talks the important conversation points we had and also the story a long story he told me and i will make sure you get maximum value from this podcast so wear your headphone and stay tuned hello guys i'm shivat maj i'm your host for this show and every fortnightly i will be interviewing today's most inspiring and successful personalities who will range from ceos authors celebrities youtubers and other achievers who have achieved unachievable paths and became most successful and we both will learn together and deconstruct and understand what made them be wherever they are today so stay tuned can you speak about uh, some of the issues students face in their early life Uh yeah um in terms like so you just want me to talk about like issues I'm facing currently Yeah even this covid okay. situation Um I say you know one of the big things is like you know in the United States uh I guess with covid um everything's virtual Um I don't know if they're doing the same thing um where you are but you know what's interesting is I get a lot of feedback from students um and they're like you know it's really not as bad as you know one might think 
in terms of the school thing because it's like okay we're doing things at home um really the only thing is like it's harder to learn so how do we adapt and how do we sort of uh, make things to a point where we're able to learn effectively and efficiently without you know the help of a teacher kind of in person because you know we all crave that physical sort of like uh, connection um but the screen is you know keeping its way so it's harder to get that so it's harder to learn and so one of the biggest bits of advice is you know i'll always advise students like you know if it's really troubling if it's really hard to kind of learn um is to you know understand that while we're at a huge disadvantage um you can also utilize this for your advantage never have we been able to rely solely on the internet when we were in school we couldn't use computers or use our phones to help us out or if we did you know it was always bad experience because there's connection and stuff like that and so it's like you have an advantage in that you can use the internet to help you get the answers you need to solve uh, the questions you have um number two is you know consistently be reaching out to a teacher or a peer to sort of get help on things you don't understand but yeah you know i think i think this is one of those things where while a lot of people like to focus on this as an issue i think it's another where you know we need to look at how we can stack things to our advantage if that makes sense <laughs> bro can you tell about uh, like i have purchased you a book uh, in that you spoken something about uh, a uh, five step process of uh, converting your uh, dreams to a reality can you give us some yes. more insight on this this topic why it is important for every student to kind of follow these five steps yeah like just yeah absolutely so if you don't know the five steps are your burning desire your vision your mindset your truth and then your choices um first step burning desire is sort of looking at what's the one thing that you want most in life one thing that kind of brings you spiritual stability, financial stability, emotional stability, something that makes you feel stable yet makes you feel significant. And then the second one, which I think is arguably the most important step, which is really finding your why, creating a why statement. For me, my why is uh to create a better life for people so that united we create a better world. Um and so what this vision statement or this why statement does is it gives you a kind of compass for every decision you make literally every decision you make needs to be under the basis that if is what i'm doing following this why right you know if i go get coffee with this friend is it following my why if i you know take this opportunity is it alongside my why if i stay at this job is that you know me sticking with my why right so being able to be very intentional with that why statement and really taking the time and i mean literally months sometimes to really develop a fully refined why statement will set you up for the rest of your life then we have the third one which is mindset and it's all about switching from a mindset of fixation to a mindset of growth carol dweck the author of mindset writes the book on this and she's a, a genius um and the reason i say that is because in essence what mindset is all about is mm-hmm. traditionally we used to think that you know who you are is who you always will be what growth mindset says is who i am 
it's just a sign of who I can become, mm-hmm. right? And so I have a friend who's, you know, very assertive, but she thinks that, you know, being genuinely kind is like contradicting to who she is. And I argue, I say, well, that's not necessarily true because she's very like, I'm keeping it real. Um, but I don't think that's true because if what she's feeling and what's easy for her is, you know, being kind of overly assertive to the point where she's being a bully sometimes, if that's real because, you know, you believe life is hard. Well, if life is hard, then that means reality is hard. So what's real is what's hard. So if you're doing what's easy by being a jerk and being a bully, you're the one being fake. Being kind is hard. That's what makes it real, right? Mm -hmm. Choosing love is hard. That's why it's the most real thing out there. And so it's sort of getting her to sort of shift that mindset to, okay, I might be who I am now. However, I'm also capable and allowed to change. That's the whole mindset thing. Then we have truth. Truth is kind of like, like if there's a king and a queen, then there's like the general who goes out to make it happen, right? So your capital T truth is like a belief, uh, like the number one thing you believe in. So a phrase, uh, not necessarily a wise statement, but it, it's just a phrase that sort of like kind of keeps you from losing yourself. So, you know, those people who dedicate themselves to their careers, Hmm. but they ignore their friends and family, right? It's people who, you know, let's say they want to be an engineer, right? So they just dedicate their entire life to being an engineer. However, their capital P truth says, you know, choose love. So everybody they interact with. So their why statement is maybe to, you know, build a better world so that society can live sustainably. So being an engineer helps them do that. But how they get there, right? The route they take to get to that why statement matters just as much as the why statement itself so the why is sort of the end game whereas the truth is sort of how you're going to get there so let's say you have two engineers one of them says choose love and the other one just doesn't have a truth at all they just don't care so the one that doesn't care is going to get to that why statement but they're going to do it destroying relationships they're going to do it being miserable they're going to do it um in sort of like this you know lonely shell of a life versus the person the engineer who believes in you know, choose love or make kindness normal. They're going to treat everybody in their life with kindness, with, with love and, and sort of gratitude. And as a result, they're going to end up farther than the person who had the same exact why statement. And so that's why having a truth is important. For me, it better happen daily. So my why is to create a better life for people, that united we create a better world. My truth is better happen daily. So it's just, you know, am I ensuring that everybody I interact with is better than they were when I found them, right? So your truth is really how you're getting to that destination. And then the last one, step number five is choices. Choices is all of them and energy and money. You're choosing to put whatever. Those are the three big investments that you put into really making your dreams a reality. Um, that is, you put it in time. You need to put in time. The most valuable asset. Um, yet people seem to love spending their time on things that don't really matter. And then we have energy, which is sort of like really taking that, you know, your energy and putting it into your craft and sort of, you know, if you're a public speaker, practicing your public speaking, if you're, you know, a math major, putting it into math, if you're a speechwriter, learning how to speechwrite, just sort of investing into the thing that you really want to do. And the last one is money. People are scared to put money towards mm-hmm. these things. It's always the scariest investment. I never know why. 
And, but it makes sense because it's, it's money sort of a way we feel safe and sustainable and secure. Yet if you're not putting in the money, then you're putting in time and energy and then you burn out. Because what's happening, what money allows you to do is it allows you to save your energy, save your time, oftentimes, right? And so you don't need to put in all of your money, but you can, you know, put in some and then some more and then some more. Right? It's not about like, you know, giving your life savings. It's about, okay, you know, here's what I need to really invest. And then here's how I'm going to do it. And so if, you know, if you're not doing one of them, so if you're not putting very much time, then you better be putting a lot more energy and you better be putting a lot more money. Or if you're not putting in your energy, you got to be putting in a lot of time and a lot of money. So if you just take away one, you're, you're compensating the other two by a lot. Is it allows you to put in order what you need to be doing. And then it allows you to really decide for yourself what that, you know, what, you know, your whole journey is going to look like in sort of pursuing what it is uh, your burning desire is. Like for many people, there are dreams. Mm-hmm. And there are other dreams which their parents want them to become. Yeah. So, okay. But what their parents want to become, that is secure. But what their dream is, that is not secure. Like they are not sure. There is uncertainty. Mm. Absolutely. So, so, what to do in this situation? Whether to trust our dreams or how to take so that how, leap how of faith? You, yeah, that is a hard question. This is one of those that differs case by case because, you know, there's, you know, parents who are like, you know, they're like, this is what we have planned for you and this is what you're going to do. But, you know, let's say you come out and you say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. Some parents might say, okay, fine, you can do that, but we're not going to help you at all. Mm-hmm. Some parents who say, fine, we'll help you. Others who say, get out of our house. If you're not doing what we say, you can't be with us, Right. And it differs case by case by case. I cannot give you one single bit of universal advice. Senior year of high school. We're at the welcome back assembly, the week school had started. Teachers, staff, and students are lined up in the bleachers of the gymnasium. I'm sitting on the front row on the very floor, fortunate enough to be right in front of the motivational speaker who was invited to give a talk before all of us. Throughout the duration of his speech, He said one line that really resonated with me, changed the way that I behaved from that moment forward. With more sincerity than I've ever seen in anyone before, he widens his stance, puts his shoulders back, chest out, and he says, we spend more time thinking about our dreams than we do actually acting on them. Instead of focusing on the progress we could actually make. Well, interesting. Now, I didn't have any dreams or goals, at least not at the time. So I thought to myself, what could I be doing now that would reflect what I might be doing in the future? And that line had inspired me to get to know my leadership advisor, Mr. Briggs, a fairly tall man with a smile almost as big as his heart. And he believed that if you wanted to change the world, your community, your peers, and ultimately yourself, you had to be willing to challenge your status quo. Him, with the help of an amazing leadership class, got me to accomplish just that. And it started with the small things, 
like doing projects and making posters. And then it built up. I started giving announcements at lunch. I emceed an assembly and ended up actually planning a school-wide assembly. Mr. Briggs has kept me under his wing, even to this very day. In fact, about a week after I graduated, he sends me an email and it said, Mark, you would be a great fit to speak at a leadership conference being held at Jackson High School that fall. I'll give you five minutes. What do you say? Well, enthusiastically, I took him up on that opportunity. I spent most of my summer practicing, prepping, and rehearsing for that speech. So when the time came for me to present, I would be more than ready. And that time did end up coming. I remember it very crisp and clear. Remember the host introducing me, calling my name, me walking up to the center of the gym, taking the mic and beginning my speech. And everything goes as planned. Almost everything. From beginning almost to the end, when I realized I forgot something rather important. I'd forgotten my conclusion. And I remember standing there in front of these 1,200 students from all across the region. The teachers that accompanying them, waiting for me to say something that could potentially inspire them. And I had nothing. So I admitted to my fault. I looked up at all of them. And I said, guys, I'm sorry, I forgot my final line. And I knew what would happen. Someone would walk up, take the mic away, a few people would give me a pity clap, and I'd walk away in shame, completely repressing that memory. But instead, what actually happened was rather interesting. Because in the split second after I assessed what would happen, what started out as this slow applaud. Next thing you know, I'm standing in front of these 12 Hundred students giving me this huge standing ovation. They all start shouting and cheering, Mark, you got this. And my friends are like, yeah, you got this. Someone even shouts, Mark, we still love you. And my teacher, Mr. Briggs, on the side, smiling and clapping for me, very indirectly teaching me something, the virtue of vulnerability and the unconditional support that comes with it. My senior year, I was very shy and quiet and introverted. I neglected any social interaction I could. I spent most of my time in the library, eating, waiting for the next class period to start. Until one day, one of my friends introduces me to this girl. And for storytelling purposes, we're going to call this girl Josie. Over time, me and Josie began to form a really strong friendship. She asked me one day, what can I do to be more active here on campus? I thought about that for a moment. Then I encouraged her to run for student government. Now she's like me. She was like me. Quiet, shy, a little introverted. And this task required that she put herself out there. That she make posters and market herself. Give a speech in front of her entire class. But in spite of her skepticism, her insecurity, her one opponent she was going against, she ended up winning that competition. And to me, I was just helping a friend be more active on campus, helping a friend have something to put on their applications for college. But to her, it was an opportunity for her to push her limits, to challenge her status quo. And I was blind to that. I was blind to that, that is, until the very last day of school. After the senior farewell assembly, everyone saying their goodbyes, 
And at one point, I remember seeing her in the far corner of my eye. She's approaching me crying. I grabbed her hands and I said, Josie, what's wrong? Real fast, she goes, I'm going to miss you. Well, thank you. I'm going to miss you too. And we shared this nice little hug. She goes, no, 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 there's something more. You changed my life. I'm sorry, what? Mark, you changed my life. Five words. Five words just like that. To get me to realize what my advisor had been trying to teach me all along. That when you want to change the world, your community, your peers, and ultimately yourself, you have to be willing to challenge your status quo. And I'm grateful to have had an advisor like Mr. Brig who could see that I could be more than what I thought I could be. And blessed to have had an opportunity to change someone's life. However, the question remains for you. Who in your life can see something in you that you can't yet see? And who in your life can benefit by what you offer them? Wow. That's a too deep message. Yeah, there are uh, even there are moments when we feel worse and uh, even though we have everything the most of the times we feel that we didn't achieve much in life even though we have come a lot far the, and some people recognize us i think we should value them more can you just tell me what is some of the common patterns you see st- students of 20 years of age constantly keep blaming upon and i think you have come across different age of people and then you might have saw some similar pattern. I think the most common one would be sort of a conflict of students trying to pursue both what they want to do with themselves and what they have to do with themselves. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, whether it be societal, whether it be parental, um, a lot of students tend to feel this sort of conflict of, like, I want to and I feel like going in this direction, though I don't know what it looks like. Though what I do know is, you know, my parents or society tells me to go this way. And and that way looks secure. Um, and, and what this does, and while it's not fundamentally wrong, um, what it does is it kind of strips students from their livelihoods. And I'm not saying that in the sense that you know, parents and society doesn't, you know, intend the best for people. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, we're not going to best serve society unless we do it on our terms, right? You look at some of the most influential people in society, they are able to do what they do because they're influencing society on their terms, right? Martin Luther King, for example, is a great example. He was a preacher, right, and sort of a teacher figure. But he couldn't have made the world better doing much else because he knew for him. And I imagine he knew for him, you know, like this was how he was going to make things better. Other affluential people, you know, who's a good example? Ah, what's his name? I I have to have my head. You know, Gandhi, I think it's a very cliche one, but 
he wasn't going to make a difference in the country he lived in unless he did it on his terms. Uh, you know, same thing with, you know, amazing people, you know, presidents and, and world leaders are able to make a difference the way they do on their terms. Uh, and, and that's kind of the struggle I see students facing is they feel like they need to be productive members of society on somebody else's terms. And that's not true. Um, and so what I do to address this is, you know, I, I have my five step uh, formula that I have in my book. I am a simple idea for making life better. And what this does is it first makes you identify what it is you want. It doesn't have to be a career. It doesn't have to be, you know, a way to make money. But it's just what do you want? Like, what do you want to feel most of the time that you're alive? Right. What is your burning desire? And then you can go from there. A lot of people like to see things as career first right, or money first. And while it's fine and, 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 and that's that, and that, that's actually the problem that it's just fine, but it's not great. It's not, it's not, you know, it doesn't feel amazing. It doesn't feel, you know, hopeful. It doesn't feel exciting. It doesn't feel enthusiastic. When you set goals that are just fine, you're going to get a fine life. When you set goals that are great, exciting and enthusiastic, the, the way you get to those goals are going to be great and good and enthusiastic. So, yeah, I think that's the common pattern I sort of see. Yeah, my other guest also said the same that uh, uh, you can't just, there is nothing such like as a perfect idea or perfect plan, something. We have to do a set of trial and error and figure it out ourselves. Yeah, that is a very uh, important thing to note. And thank you for uh, sharing this insight. Mark, I really appreciate that you took your time and uh, you came here on my show to share your very important message, Better Happens Daily. And by this, youth will get some kind of inspiration. Even I was so much inspired by your talk today. And yeah, we have learned a lot from you today. So once again, I really appreciate you taking your time for this show. Thank you. Of course, dude. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate being here. Um, and I appreciate sort of spreading the uh, Better Happens daily message. So um, I, I really do appreciate and I have so much gratitude and love for everything you're doing. So thank you. I do appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, making it till the end. And on our next week podcast, I will be having Ruben Lassa, who is the author of Titan Life and also the CEO of titanplanner.com as you made it so far do check out my Instagram at I am the brand myself also on whatever medium you are listening to this podcast make sure you uh, subscribe and leave a review if possible I will keep bringing the best guests from all over the world and we will both learn together and grow together I believe at least 1% uh, you will be benefited from this podcast. That is a massive success for me.